Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Tim Anderson here, the appraiser's advocate, and we call this one, What About the Work File? when I start talking about the work file in USPAP classes, this is the reaction I get. Yep, crickets. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the work file, why it's important and its benefits to you. That's really what's important. Now, we're going to go to our favorite muse, Old Mother Usepap, and we're going to start out right there. We're going to start out with the definition of a work file. And again, I'm quoting this right out of Usepap. It says, data, information, and documentation necessary to support the appraisers and conclusions and to show compliance with Usepap. So let's break this down a little bit. The work file has to have three components. It's got to have data, it's got to have information, and it's got to have documentation. Typically, that means a whole lot more stuff than two or three pages out of MLS. Then it says the reason the work file exists is to show compliance with USPAP. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more toward the end of this particular podcast. And if you go down to the record-keeping rule in USPAP, you find out what's necessary to have in the work file. The record-keeping rule says the work file must include, and then blah, 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 go down to the fourth bullet point. And this is a reflection of the definition. It says the work file must include all other data, information and documentation necessary to support the appraiser's opinions and conclusions and to show compliance with USPAP or references to the locations of such other data, information, and documentation. Basically what that last part says is that you don't have to have the data, information, and documentation necessarily within the wings of a manila folder that you've got on top of your desk. It can be kept any number of places under any number of media, and we're going to talk about that too. But the point is, a lot of appraisers ask me, the USPAP instructor, okay, you say the work file is so important. I got some stuff out of MLS, and I got a couple of other things in there. What's the big deal? Why do I have to have a work file? All right, let's go back to that question. What has to be in the work file? The answer to that question is rather simple, everything. If you see it, enter it into the work file. If you hear it, enter it into the work file. If you read it, enter it into the work file. Anything that you use to come up with your value opinion must be kept in the work file. And we're going to find out why in a minute. Remember, it's okay to reference data, information, and documentation. In other words, if you do a study of uh, changes in values in a neighborhood, you don't have to do that study every time you get back into the neighborhood. You can reference it in your reports. You don't even have to put a copy of that study in this particular work file. You can include it in the work file by referring to it. However, as we're going to find out in just a few minutes, it might be best to put a copy of that study in the work file. Here's why. Let's face it. If something is recorded at the county courthouse, it's recorded. It's always available, isn't it? Well, remember, mistakes can be made. 
you can go through the records at the courthouse and you'll see corrective deeds. You'll see corrective legal descriptions. You'll see where a part of a property has been sold. So maybe the last deed on your property is no longer valid because now what those owners own is less land. So the point is, just because it's supposed to be recorded at the courthouse doesn't necessarily mean what you depended on is what's recorded at the courthouse. Another issue is MLS. It's very common for MLSs, especially small MLSs, to delete photographs every so often to save space. So if you need something from three or four years ago and your MLS has dropped it, it's not there for you to rely on. In many cases, our friends the realtors, who, as we all know, are notorious for their accuracy, put in the MLS something that is just not correct, and it has to be changed later. So as a result, if you have a copy of the MLS printout, and it has bad data on it, you can show that that is what you got out of MLS, therefore you depended on it, even though it might have been bad data. This is what the state is looking for, so you can show the state that what you did was indeed based on the data available to you at the time. Now, here's the warning you have to be aware of. When you need something from MLS, when you need something from the county courthouse, and for whatever reason it's not available, it's like you never had it in the first place. It's like you made it up. There's nothing to support your contention that the purchase price really was $350,000, but the MLS later changed it to three seventy-five dollars because the broker entered it improperly. When you've got that printout in your work file, you can say, hey, I went with three fifty dollars because that's what the MLS said. And when I called the broker to verify the transaction, the broker lied to me and said, yes, three fifty dollars was correct. It's important you have it in the work file. That's the chronicle of what you did. Another important addition to the work file is the sales farm list. Now, if you're not used to that term, basically what it means is the first time you went into MLS to do your search for comparable sales, you had to indicate to the computer where you wanted it to search, and you had to indicate certain filters. That should be in the work file so the state, if necessary, can see where you started. Then if you do another search with narrower filters, narrower parameters, you need to have that list of sales in there too so you can chronicle how you changed your search parameters. That is part of your scope of work. And USPAP requires you to design a scope of work that results in a credible value opinion. Now, how does maintaining a proper work file show compliance with USPAP? Remember, that was part of the definition. So let's go through and figure that out. We're going to start with Standard Rule 1-1. Do the data in your work file indicate that you're aware of, understand, and correctly employ those recognized methods and techniques that are necessary to produce a credible appraisal? Do those data show you didn't commit an error of omission or commission? Do they show that you rendered your appraisal services in a proper and duly diligent manner such that there were no errors? Do you properly identify the client? How about the intended use and, and intended users? We don't have to have a copy of the value standard to which we're appraising. That's already in the Fannie Mae form. 
But if you're appraising to another standard, yes, you better have a copy of that in there too. And you need to make sure that it's clear that your value opinion is the most probable price in terms of cash, financial arrangements equivalent to cash, or other precisely defined terms. And in the work file, you're going to chronicle that your opinion of value, if it was based on non-market financing or financing with funky conditions or incentives, identifies the terms of that financing and any influences on value. You have to have that in the work file. You're going to identify the effective date. You're going to identify from sources you reasonably believe to be reliable the characteristics of the property, including its locational, physical, legal, and economic characteristics, the real property interest to be valued, etc., If you need to make an extraordinary assumption, in the work file is going to be a record of why. If you need to identify any hypothetical conditions, in the work file is going to be the support for the reason why you had to do that. Standard Rule 2-2A10 requires appraisers to summarize the support and rationale they have for the highest and best use conclusion. Well, standard rule 1-3 is the market analysis and highest and best use standards rule, and we have to identify and analyze the effect on use and value of five separate areas. Existing land use regulations, probable modifications of those regulations, economic supply and demand, the physical adaptability of the real estate and market area trends before we develop an opinion of highest and best use. Well, as you go through those five, you chronicle your analysis of existing land use regulations. Regulations. You chronicle your analysis of economic supply and demand. You chronicle your analyses of market area trends in the work file. Standard Rule 1-4 addresses the individual approaches to value. You've got to have all the cost data in there. You've got to have the site value data in there. You've got to have cost data, cost new data in there. You've got to chronicle your depreciation. You've got to pull depreciation out of the market and what you did and how you did it should be in the work file. If you're going to use an income approach, you're going to be looking at the derivation of the monthly rent, whoever you contacted, whatever you contacted, and then you're going to be looking at the derivation of the gross rent multiplier, which is likely a spreadsheet showing sales prices, the monthly rent, the indicated gross rent multiplier, and then everything you learned about each and every one of those comparable rental data. Then when we get to standard rule 1-5, we get to show our analyses of all the agreements of sale, etc., current as of the effective date of the appraisal. And we get to show our analyses of the sales of the subject property that occurred within the last three years prior to the effective date of the appraisal. And then finally in standard rule 1-6, we're going to chronicle in the work file all the stuff that we needed to reconcile the quality and quantity of data and the applicability and relevance of the approaches. That is how the work file helps us show that we followed USPAP. Now, this is what it all comes down to. Your greatest defense is a thick work file. Therefore, the record-keeping rule, the work file, is there to protect you from angry state appraisal boards, angry clients, angry realtors, angry plaintiffs, angry complainants, etc., etc., etc. It's there for your benefit. Please, take advantage of it. Really, you'll be glad you did.
Thanks for listening. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. Please contact me if you have any questions, Tim, at theappraisersadvocate.com. It will be an honor to work with you. It will be a pleasure to get to know you. Contact me at your convenience. I'm here to help. Again, Tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. Thanks so much. My best to you and all of yours. And we're clear. Oh, and by the way, are your professional fees both professional and high enough? <laughs>